Welcome to a very special Cyber Month episode of My Rundle Biz Podcast. I'm Grayson Orfe. Hi, and I'm Rosa Cruz. I'm Vice President of Communications at the Anne Arundel Economic Development Corporation. And uh, we're really excited today to have Chris Barber. He is the owner, no, actually the chief geek of Cheaper Than a Geek, uh, which is a terrific business uh, in Crofton. And I am really excited to, to talk to him because um, I might have some cyber issues I want to talk to you about because I got some messages in my uh, yahoo inbox and i need you to decipher so hopefully we can uh you can give me some good advice after that but anyway welcome chris and tell us how you got started oh uh, uh, thank you folks uh for having me on today um how i got started it was crazy um i was looking for a new career uh this is over 20 years ago and i thought you know computers might be the wave of the future so um, I just got a crystal ball like that, apparently. So um, I was like, well, how do you know, where do I start? How do I get involved in computers? And I was like, you know, I, I need to build a computer. If I, if I built one, then I would kind of have a better understanding of that process. And perhaps that would give me some direction on where to go. Right. So I, you know, hop on my uh, dial up modem. <laughs> <laughs> out what to buy and uh nowadays there's websites that figure it out for you but back then you had to figure out does this motherboard go with that processor that goes with that hard drive like you had to figure it all out so i get all the stuff you know i get it mailed to me um put it all together to my shock and amazement it worked but um about two weeks later it died so um, and i just i couldn't figure it out just windows wouldn't load i was totally scratching my head so I went to a uh, local computer repair store and had like the worst customer service experience of my life. They, uh, mm-hmm. they clowned me for bringing the power cable in. Um, took them a couple of weeks to get to the, to the issue. They overcharged me. Turns out it was just a loose uh, cable for the hard drive, which you know shouldn't have been a big deal. Right. For me, that was like my aha moment. I realized, holy smokes, this is an industry that's like, famous for terrible customer service yeah what if i started an it company that like took customer service seriously so that's actually what got me started and um fast forward to today i think the industry is better but it's still not known for good customer service so our big uh, claim to fame is we've won more awards for our customer service than all of the other it companies in the state of maryland so Wow. They're getting it done. It's because it's about the customer. Yeah. See, and that's that's awesome because you know, coming from like the IT side, you know, a lot of times you you you'll get a lot of techs who they know what they know, but they don't know how to relate it to people. And there's a value that that is, you know, just that goes beyond anything when you can just relate it to people. Because mind you. You can help anybody out with their computer and talk way up here. And at the end of the day, it's, it's almost like going to a mechanic. You know, you go to the mechanic and the mechanic's sitting there. And you're like, my car is going thump, thump, thump. And they're like, okay, well, it could be your rocker arm or it could be your transmission and your trans. And you're just sitting there like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I just need it fixed. Please don't 
laugh at me because I'm saying the car is going thump, thump, thump. Like it's it's the greatest thing in the world when you can have somebody who, who can provide that service. Now, the thing about it is, is that your business is in is based in Crofton, correct? You got it. So what made you pick Crofton? You know, uh, I'd love to tell you, I did all this like high-end research about demographics and median incomes and all that stuff. But the truth of the matter is I just like Crofton. Um, it's, a, it's a nice place to live. Uh, I, I live in Crofton now. Um, I have an office that's in Crofton, but uh, also it's, it's central to DC, Baltimore and Annapolis. So we can kind of mm. get in and get out. You know, I like to say it's close to everything without being too close. So, gotcha. It's our home base. Gotcha. Right. And, I, and I'm sure you love the, the Wegmans nearby and <laughs> all the, and the nice Target nearby and Watch Apple. I'm sure that, that that didn't figure into your quality of life considerations, did it? <laughs> it was icing on the cake. <laughs> right, right. right. Well, you know what, what's interesting? Like, so you just mentioned that really bad customer service um, experience that you had was that was sort of really the basis for, for your business, right? Mm -hmm. And so why don't you talk a little bit about sort of what your company culture is like and how you get your team to buy into that customer service is really the central point of your service to, to your customers. That's a great question. So it's, uh, as you might expect, it's kind of a myriad of things. Um, one of which is during the interview process, I relay that that is, that is why we got started. So that's not something we think is important. That's like driving everything that we do. And that's how, that's how you get good customer service across. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, one of the things we do is uh, generally we answer the phone with a live human being within 18 seconds. That's good customer service, but that doesn't stand on its own. Like that part doesn't mean that you're going to have a great experience. That's just sure. one piece of it. So if the mantra kind of drives the, the good customer service experience, then you have a different animal. So in the interview process, I'm sniffing to make sure that you get that, you understand that, you, you are able to rise to that, which most people cannot. Um, in my industry, and Grace, you touched on this earlier, there's a tendency to speak nerd. Mm -hmm. and, you know, we have to speak nerd, but our clients aren't nerds. You know, they're people. So we need, we're like, we're like interpreters. We need to see nerd and speak English. So that's right. how we do it. And um, I've designed a lot of our interview questions around that simple concept of can they, in fact, say something nerdy in English? And, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's, I think every industry, especially right now, is quick to say, hey, you know, finding good people is a difficult process. And that's totally true. But when you do what I do, which is you need competent nerds that speak English, now you're in unicorn territory and it's really hard to find them. So we, we hire uh, typically um, for every hire we make, we went through at least 100 applications, if not more. So it's Wow. Exclusive because it's so, so hard. And, yeah. you know, even, even like um, when, when I do the initial phone call, you know, the, 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 uh, the candidate doesn't always realize it, but they're, they're in a mini interview even at that point. Cause I want to hear, can, can you speak English, you know? And if, right. 
if you want to get all nerdy and you want to talk, well, the DNS filter and blah, blah, blah. Well, <laughs> you know, you're probably a great yeah. IT person, but you, you're not good for interacting with the public. Most IT companies will tell you they have certain employees that do a great job that they will never, ever let touch the telephone because they mm. will just, it's just not their thing, you know, whereas if you require that, I feel like it just kind of makes the whole process easier. The, the other piece is it could be a stressful job. So, you know, we're not fielding phone calls like, hey, our email server's down. If you guys <laughs> do it the next week or so, that would be special. They're like, ah, we gotta- <laughs> there's a big project coming today and there's no email. <laughs> right, right. And they're not necessarily mad at you, but they're mad, you know. So right. you kind of got to, I look at it as we're kind of talking the gun out of everybody's mouth, you know. It's like, all right, well, we got you. Don't worry about it. Let's find out what's going on. When did this start? You know, blah, blah, blah. And in order to do that, I think you have to have a sense of humor, you know, because otherwise it gets to be a grind of fielding nothing but phone calls like that. So that's another big piece of the puzzle, too, is um, you have to be able to laugh it off. You know, we have Nerf guns scattered throughout the building that, you know, are deployed at a moment's notice. Usually when you're coming out of the bathroom and you forgot that there's Nerf guns in the office, you know, something along those lines. So things like that kind of keep everybody, you know. Right. Okay. Well, that's that's the best work atmosphere. And you just gave me an idea for Nerf guns. <laughs> if, if, if I if I take away nothing else from this interview, Chris, is that I need to consider nerve guns in my marketing office, right? You have to. So um, I don't normally publicize this, but um, when we hire somebody on their first day on the job, I usually do the bulk of the initial training, and then I take the new person out for lunch, and then I take the new person to Target and let them pick out their nerf gun. <laughs> Why are we going to Target? No, hang on, I'll show you. <laughs> that's really cool. That's a that's that's a really cool kind of tradition to have. Um, I think. Um, did you all lose me? I'm sorry. Yeah, we lost you for a second, but it's all good. It's okay, all good. Cool. Uh, so so we talked about okay. Once you've onboarded the sort of the right candidate from the the hundreds of resumes that you've poured through just to find the right person who's going to fit your customer service centric corporate culture. Uh, and then you've, you've made sure that they have read the Emily Post book of etiquette and all that's good stuff. Um, how do you, on the other side then, what do you all do to make sure that your team is sort of up to speed in you know, the, the latest tech? Um, cybersecurity, holy crow. Like I started sort of serving these businesses in the cybersecurity industry about five years ago. And honestly, it feels like it was only a year ago. Mm-hmm. Because everything has just gone lightning yeah. fast um, in, in a matter of years. So yeah. how do you make sure that your team is, is up to date with the latest technology knowledge that they have to know? It's, it's challenging. You know, I, uh, I've never been an in-classroom kind of person. Mm-hmm. So um, I always joke that if somebody had warned me about how much continuing education would be required in this profession, I would have picked a different job. Like, I'm not a studious classroom kind of guy but in, in this case you have to be or you're irrelevant you know yeah. so there's no choice it's a sink or swim type situation and when i see some of my peers that don't embrace 
changing. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you, you don't have a choice. This isn't like, yeah, you might make a little bit more money. It's like you, you do this or you're going to go out of business. It's, it's that simple. So part of it is um, hiring. And believe it or not, this is not all IT people, but hiring folks that are technology enthusiasts helps because there's just that natural curiosity there. Yeah. Um, so that's always a good thing. But I feel like, like many things, uh, you know, in the job space, you got to lead by example. Yeah. So that kind of forces me to kind of be the conduit of trying to stay on top of all this stuff, which goodness gracious, there's so much to stay on top of, but that's kind of where it comes from. And then, you know, I'm, I'm pushing that down and trying to be uh, encouraging in the process and it's, it's working, you know, it's just, um, it's ever evolving. And there's a, a required read that I, uh, full disclosure, I don't make my employees read this. If they don't want to read it, I make them listen to me explain the book to them. But this is a good book for everybody. My mom gave it to me when I was a kid, but it's Who Moved My Cheese? Yeah. You know, yep. it, it's a great testimony to change is constant. It's happening. Yep. You know, you can, you can be dead set against it, but it's coming. So you might as well embrace it. Right, right. Yep. Now, the thing about it is, is that, and, and, and I've read that book, and that book is awesome. It's highly recommended to anybody who owns a business, especially in IT. That is, that is a 100% read. Um, the thing about it is not, now in, in having your own business, right, and then starting up your IT business and watching it grow and, and become what it is now, <clears throat> what obstacles did you face in starting up? the IT company because, you know, everybody wants to start a company. It's, it's almost like what Mike Tyson said. Everybody wants to fight until you get punched in the face. Like you have a plan <laughs> until you get punched in the face. Then it just all goes out the window. So in starting this company, like what obstacles did you face in, you know, starting and growing the company? Oh my goodness. Great question. So, uh, and I had not heard that quote from Tyson, but that is, yeah. That's solid. I, I like that. That's but he kind of said it different. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I a little more base in this iteration, but you know, uh, is the same, I'm sure. So, you know, I always like to tell people, like, like most of my uh, buddies are um, employed. You know, they have day jobs, so they're not self-employed. And sometimes they'll look at my situation and they'll be like, ah, you know, I kind of want to start a business. I'm like, whoop! It is not for sissies. It is not for sissies. I am not yeah. sitting at home all day, sitting on my couch, counting money. That's not how this works mm -hmm. at all. It's not that it's not rewarding because it's very, very rewarding, but um, it's also hard. It's hard. And uh, we service the small business community. And uh, part of the reason for that is because I just really get excited about small business. We are a small business. That's who we serve. So this affords me the opportunity to kind of play with small businesses all day long. And um, just the other day, I was at lunch with uh, a small business and they were complaining about, um, oh man, their, their right-hand person had uh, gotten a concussion at work. So they were at home, literally in a dark room, can't read, can't watch TV, can't use their phone. They're just like recovering for like a week. So literally this person's right-hand person is completely out of the picture, you know, which nobody wants to deal with that. Right. 
I told him, I said, you know, owning a business was easy. Everybody would do it. And he's like, yeah, that's true. You know, so that's, I live and die by that. I mean, you kind of have to, but, um, you know, it's, there's just, there's so much to it. Um, I always like to tell folks that are starting a business, um, you know, Hey, if you ever want to like second opinion on something, I've made some really good decisions and I've made some fairly big mistakes. You know, if I could save you from one or two of the mistakes that I've made, you know, I would be happy to, to do that. Cause it's just, you don't know what you don't know. There's just right. so much to know, you know, there, chances are, if you're starting a business, you're not coming to the table with a CPA's worth of knowledge and an attorney's worth of knowledge. You know, if you're lucky, you're an expert in your industry, but that's not always a foregone conclusion too. So there's, there's always more to learn. So you definitely never stop learning. Yep. You need to take advantage of programs like what you folks have, where you, you're able to build on that knowledge, you know, cause it's just, nobody, nobody knows this stuff. And if one final thought here is that you got to be different. You know, if you want to sell the same widget everybody else does at the same price, you're, what's the point? You know, in my right. case, it's pretty obvious. It's all about the customer experience. That works in some industries and not others. It works very well in my industry. But you have to be different. If you're not different, you know, it, one, one more thought, because I just keep having thoughts over here. Sure, sure. We were talking about books to read. There's one other book that I'm a huge fan of, and that would be The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Mm. That is a cautionary tale that just because you're good at what you do does not mean that you would be a good business owner in that field. And that book does a really good job of showing where your typical blind spots would be and how to overcome them. So, wow. you know. Well, can you repeat the name of that for, yeah, for, for our viewers? The E-Myth Revisited. By Michael Gerber. Excellent. It's, a, it's a neat book because it's written in kind of like a story format where uh, this woman named Sally has a, a pie bakery and mm -hmm. she's an excellent pie baker. Um, but like just about everybody is not born, you know, a business leader. So she struggles and he does a really good job of showing you where those struggles generally occur so that you can avoid them in the first place. You know, because that, that's just it. I mean, most of us starting businesses might be great at that profession, but that does not make you, uh, in my case, an IT business owner. You know, that's not, that's not the same thing as being an IT technician. It's very different. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm, I don't read every business book that's out there because there's a million of them, but Who Moved My Cheese and The E-Myth Revisited will do a long, uh, long way towards making sure that you, uh, you're successful. Wow. That, that's really good advice, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. you've, us some really good advice for for would-be entrepreneurs but also sort of for, for business owners and managers sort of in general um i want to turn our conversation a little bit to um your advice since it's Cybersecurity awareness month for those of us who are not in tech but obviously have to deal with tech every day meaning our ipads and our iphones and our android phones um and look, not a lot of us are terribly savvy about um, some of the emails that we get because some of them look real. Um, so what are some advice that you would probably give sort of the general public on how to be more cyber aware or cyber safe? Absolutely. Um, 
a lot of times if, if it's practical, you need an IT resource or an IT company that you can trust. And they're not all trustworthy. So it kind of starts there. But um, building on that, we, we always hear about like ransomware attacks and how devastating they are. And it totally upended the city of Baltimore, for example. Um, if you've got a good data protection plan in place, which usually just means backing it up in a safe, you know, responsible manner, you just hedged all those bets. So when you look at the millions of dollars in the aftermath of Baltimore City, you could trace it all back to, they didn't have very good backups, which was totally avoidable. And it's easy to spend a lot of money on IT and cybersecurity, and it's oftentimes a good investment, but not everybody has that budget. Right. Just back your data up in a responsible manner. That alleviates a lot of headaches right there. And then, um, and you kind of touched on this, Rosa, don't click stuff in your email. The, the ruses are getting so realistic. It's crazy. We, mm-hmm. we tell our customers, if you see an email you're unsure of, let us know about it and we'll, we'll investigate it for you. You know, used to, years ago, we could say, hey, you get an email that says XYZ, it's a scam, delete it, poof, move on. But they, it's gotten so sophisticated, there's entire call centers in India that do nothing but trick you into calling them thinking you're calling Microsoft. So now you're calling the bad guy. You know, it's just, there's so many layers to it now. We always like to say, if you get an interaction, not that all scams hinge on this, but if you get an interaction from Microsoft or Apple, um, you know, because they're worried about you or, or, dude, they don't care. Microsoft and Apple doesn't, probably doesn't know who you are. So that should be a red flag right there is that, it doesn't seem right, but you need to. You, you know, Chris, I also looked at um, on on a suspicious email I got. It was like your your McAfee is expiring, and I was like, yeah. oh my gosh! And I was like, wait a minute, I don't have McAfee. <laughs> <laughs> or or they said, you know, somebody got into my Amazon account, which I use often. <laughs> so um, what I what I've learned to do is I I don't know if this is right. You could tell me if it is or not. I look at the sender's email address because some of those email addresses are these weird, um, it's just long and it's got a lot of, you know, random letters in it. And I'm just thinking Apple wouldn't have those random letters in their their, uh, IP address or their, you know, their address that they're sending the email from. So I don't know if that's, if that's something that, that is helpful. It, you know, it's it's definitely a good idea, um, but like like so many things, it's kind of like a piece of the puzzle. So that that is a giveaway. So if you see that, be be suspicious. And um, let's just say it was your Amazon account that they're telling you there's a problem with. Well, don't click on anything in the email, but go to your Amazon account independently. Go to Amazon.com and log in and see if there's an issue. Is one way to get around that. But yeah, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but when email was invented. Nobody in a million years thought that people would be scamming people through email. So the way it's all been designed and layered is actually not with security in mind. So a bad guy who knows what they're doing could actually send you an email from, let's say, Bill Gates, where it says William.Gates at Microsoft.com. And and in that scenario, and it's a little more sophisticated, but everybody can do it. In that scenario, um, that would fail you because you're like, oh, this is like, you know, that's Bill Gates. It's at Microsoft.com. It must be Bill Gates. Right. Um, 
so it's it's a piece of the puzzle, but I wouldn't just hang my hat on it. Um, if you see that, you know to run the other way. Otherwise, stay suspicious. Um, the uh, emails I've been seeing a lot of lately um, are saying, hey, there's a problem with your Amazon account or something like that. Call us. Mm -hmm. Oh. Any links, that's not safe. Right. Here's our phone number, so you don't have to look it up. And it's not, that, but it is an 800 number. So you're like, okay, well, and you call that 800 number, you get a real call center in India, like you might expect to get if you called Amazon. And it's super freaking believable. And these people spend all day long duping Americans. So they're really good at the exchange. You know, they know what to say. And um, yeah, so you just got to be, don't trust anything you see in the emails the way I would look at it. So with, with, with that being said, um, we, we like, we're, we're starting a segment on, on the podcast where it's your top five, right? So with that being said, what are your top five don't do's for just your regular run-of-the-mill person? Hey, I don't know how to spell IT. So <laughs> um, what, what, what are your top five don't do's? Okay, fair enough. So um, first and foremost, you got to use a real expert. Um, I always like to say uh, anything that anyone that truly understands something well can explain it simply. So that's a good little test. If you ask somebody a question and get this weird high tech answer back, mm. they, don't, they don't understand it well. enough. So that's your that's your clue on if you're dealing with the right kind of person or not. That was a quote I literally borrowed from Albert Einstein, but it's, it's very true. You know, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. So you want to make sure you're using good people. Um, or another way to say this is as far as don'ts, don't use a bad person. Right. But, um, <laughs> don't say you're going to back your data up later. People mm. always say that and because we do data recovery, we get phone calls every week from people who are like, well, but me and I back my data up and I didn't and then I got hit with ransomware attack or my computer blew up or something. So don't put that off. You know, it's you can buy another computer, you know, but if you're using QuickBooks, you can't recreate 10 years of company data. Right. You know, you could buy a new laptop, but the pictures, you know, the last five years of your kids could be gone forever. You know, like you, you got to back that stuff up. You just can't sim simply replace it. So that's very important. Um, let's see. We touched on this. Don't click the links in your email. And I guess I should add or call the phone numbers there because they're starting to get pretty sophisticated with that, too. Yeah. Um, oh, and the last one I already mentioned, too. I get so ahead of myself here. Don't believe that Microsoft or Apple cares enough to have their tech support people call you. They don't. That's not that. <laughs> that is really good to know. And uh, it was a humorous take on, on what I think is a pretty important um, and actually serious topic. Um, mm. But I have my top five question for you, which is a little bit more fun than, than Grayson's gloom and doom don't do this, don't do that question. Um, Listen, sometimes you got to safeguard yourself. I'm just saying. True, that is true. Because I, I almost clicked on that link in the email. So clearly it was meant, all that was meant for me. Um, so it, it, 
in addition to the, the Target at Wall Chapel, Chris, uh, what are your top five things to do or places to visit in Anne Arundel County? Ah, fair enough. Uh, so I love goofing off with my kids. So we like doing the, uh, the go-kart raceway thing in Crime. Yep. Uh, we just did that two days ago. Um, we like uh, goofing off and playing at, uh, video games at that video game place at Annapolis Mall. Which, if you haven't been there yet, you got to check it out. Um, it was the craziest thing. I was playing uh, Grand Theft Auto with my son, and he was parallel parking his car in the video game. It's <laughs> like, what the heck is this guy doing over here? Um, <laughs> you, you know, they don't teach that anymore. No, isn't that weird? That's also kids scary. do not need to learn to parallel park anymore. Meanwhile, when I took my driver's license test at the MVA in Glen Burnie many 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 years ago not only did i have to learn how to parallel park but i didn't have a car from my parents that had that was automatic i had to use my uncle's chevette that was manual so mm. i was literally sweating as i was trying to move into that that parallel parking situation oh my goodness did you pass on the first try Okay, so anyway, what are <laughs> of the top five <laughs> things to do in Anne Arundel? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, well, for what it's worth, my saving grace was there was snow on the ground. So I wasn't as close as I should have been, but the guy's like, well, the snow might have obstructed your vision. I was like, yeah, that's what happened. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we like uh, mini golf at Nighthawk. We're all amateur Tiger Woods people. <laughs> at the Barber House, and um, there is a ton of places to eat in Anne Arundel County, and especially Crofton. So we like going out to eat. Yeah. What What are your What are some some of your favorite restaurants? I um I went for the first time a couple weeks ago down your way, uh, in Crofton to Ashling Kitchen. Yeah. And that that was that was excellent. So yeah. what are your your favorite um, food places in the area? There are so many. Uh, let's see. We like Saigon Noodle House on 450. It's a Vietnamese place. Yep. Uh, let me think. There's so much at Wall Chapel. Uh, we're eating. Oh, my son loves Outback. So it's not unusual for us to pop into the Outback there. Coal Fire yeah. is good. If you folks yep. have Coal Fire. Yep. Um, there's also a really good Thai place at Wall Chapel. That's uh, pretty awesome. And, um, we like the, uh, the typical Chipotle, uh, Kubota. Uh, there's a Meza, you know, those kind of places where you like build your own stuff. Yep. Oh, we haven't had the Chipotle um, brisket yet. Whoa. Ooh. That's new. That's new on the I saw the com Yeah, I saw the commercial for that. I was like, mm. really good. I'm like, holy moly. <laughs> I've been to Texas more than a few times for the, mm -hmm. for the brisket. And I was like, geez, how do they do that? They did a really good job. So. Well, I'm going to order that when Grayson takes me out to lunch later. Absolutely. Absolutely. And right before the check comes, I'm going to have to take a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> Rose is going to hear the car start like, what in the world? Where's Grayson? <laughs> Where's Grayson? <laughs> I wouldn't do that, Rosa. I promise. I wouldn't do that. Mm, okay. Right. Uh, anyway, Chris, thank you so much for your time today. I had a lot of fun and also got some really great cyber info. So I, I appreciate that very, very much. 
Um, and for those of you who are watching, you can check out this interview as well as past interviews of our podcast on all of our social channels. Uh, and please do check out our website, arundelbiz.org. Thank you again, Chris. Um, thank you, Grayson. And we had a great time. And everyone, have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.